Welcome to Storytime with Michael Kingswood. I'm Michael Kingswood, a retired submarine officer. I'm also a private pilot, martial artist, engineer, and a lifelong fan of science fiction and fantasy. I've written and published dozens of stories across the entire spectrum of speculative fiction. So sit back, let your mind wander through realms of adventure as I tell you a story. Episode 5 of Storytime with Michael Kingswood. And we're back with Veritas Morte, science fiction novella that I wrote. When last we left our hero Lucian, he was in the Situation Room getting a briefing because holy smokes, the Empire had controlled the Neonova system completely and all of a sudden this fleet came from nowhere and just basically destroyed their task force and sent them running with their tails between their legs. And where the hell did that come from? No idea. But in the midst of figuring it out, the Emperor falls down, goes into convulsions on the deck, and... <laughs> Holy smokes! What the hell just happened? And Lucian's just left there stunned. The only thing he uh, registers is that the tea of the Emperor is drinking is Earl Grey, which is the very blend that they could not find anywhere in the Empire until Princess Ophelia showed up from the Capistrani Republic with that very blend. Hmm. Now, isn't that interesting? As usual, Keith Mickelson is the narrator for this, and uh, let's listen in as we go into the next scene. Veritas Morte, a science fiction novella by Michael Kingswood. Narrated by Keith Mickelson. Lucian looked through the plexiglass that separated the acute care clinic on the ship's infirmary from the adjoining observation gallery at his father, limp and apparently lifeless on a treatment bed. All manner of tubes ran into him from machines that seemed to surround him, providing him oxygen, fluids, medication, every treatment that the Empire's enormous resources could bring to bear on medical conditions. And none of it did a lick of good. The Emperor may as well have been dead for all the vitality he showed. Only the slow pulse showing on one of the displays next to his blood pressure and blood oxidation numbers put the lie to that impression. In his memory, Lucian had never seen his father laid low like this, or in any way even close to this. He had always been erect, strong, stern but fair, and, very occasionally, warm, but always strong. But now... Lucian sniffed and wiped the beginning of tears from his eyes, then gave himself a shake and drew himself upright. The despair he felt at seeing his father thus, a mirror of what he felt not so long ago at his mother's loss, would not serve him or the Empire now. He pushed that feeling down, letting it simmer into anger. Anger he could focus. Anger he could use. The door slid open behind him, and slow, measured footsteps announced another person's entrance. Lucian did not have to look to know it was Abernathy. He would know the old man's gait anywhere. The tea was poisoned, wasn't it? Lucian asked quietly. Abernathy stopped to Lucian's right and crossed his arms over his chest. 
As usual, he wore his formal teacher's robes, gray and blue, trimmed in silver-white, over a body that was still heavily muscled for all it had started to go plump about the middle. From the corner of his eye, Lucian saw him nod. He knew, without having to ask, he knew what had happened, but he didn't want to believe it. Part of him wanted to think her incapable of such an act, the boyish part that saw through the lens of attraction first and foremost. He drew a deep breath before speaking again, and as he did so, he felt that part of him crumble away, perhaps forever. The pain of that struck almost as hard as seeing his father as he was. That bitch did this, he growled, forcing the new pain away and willing his simmering anger to become a bonfire that would sear away all of his heartache. I want her throne in irons, Abernathy, her and all her people. He rounded on his chief of staff and jabbed an index finger at him. And Morsi. Morsi was plotting with her. Take him as well. He racked his brain for a second, then added, And the servants. I want them all put to the question until they confess. Spare no techniques. I want them singing before dinner. Abernathy turned his round face toward Lucian and frowned. It was the frown of disapproval that Lucian had come to know so well when he had not gotten his lessons correct, and it made his ire rise all the higher. What? he demanded. Speak, man! Abernathy scratched at his beard, nearly full gray now as was the thinning hair atop his head, and shook his head. My prince, you cannot take Princess Ophelia into custody. The hell I can't! She... Do you have any proof to back up your accusations? That took the wind out of his sails, and Lucian was forced to shake his head in the negative. All he had was her demeanor, right before the alert, and the blend of tea that had been missing from the Empire for years. But he knew, knew, he was correct. Ophelia had tried to kill his father, and... His blood went cold as he remembered the servant trying to get him to drink the tea, the look of chagrin on his face when Lucian refused. She had tried to kill him as well. Without proof, there is nothing you can do. She is the princess of the Capistrani Republic and an official envoy from their court to ours. She, her aides, her bodyguard, her entire entourage are exempt from arrest and detention by diplomatic treaty. You know this. If you violate their status, it would be tantamount to an act of war. So what? We could crush Capistra in a month. Abernathy pursed his lips at the obvious exaggeration, then shook his head in disapproval again. And then what? If you break diplomatic ties with Capistra and then crush them, as you say... What message would that send? There are no less than a dozen client systems all around the perimeter of the Empire who would see such an act and wonder whether their treaties with us will be honored any longer. To say nothing of newly annexed worlds such as Heaven's Gate, where, I remind you, your sister lives. That one act could destabilize the entire Empire and uproot your father's life's work to say nothing of the effect it would have on your sister. He narrowed his eyes. Is that what you want? 
The anger that burned so brightly a moment ago flickered and waned, turning instead to frustration. Abernathy was right, of course, but... He shook his head in denial. Of course not. But she can't get away with this. And she will not. Abernathy raised his index finger for emphasis. If she was actually responsible. We cannot know that yet. Not for sure. Once we have evidence, you can present it to her father and the Capistrani Senate and demand her formal extradition. Formal. Proper. Above board. Be above reproach of the law at all times, my prince. Otherwise, you undermine yourself and the Empire. Lucian ground his teeth. But again, he had to admit Abernathy was correct. But just because he couldn't touch Ophelia didn't mean he was without recourse. And maybe there was another way. In that case, I fear for her safety given recent events. Post guards around her quarters at all times, Abernathy. No one is to go in or out without approval, and only after being searched. Abernathy's eyes twinkled. Yes, it would be a shame if anything were to happen to her. Cannot be too careful with a poisoner in our midst. I'll see to it. And the others? Abernathy nodded slowly. It is already being taken care of. That was something, at least. Part of Lucian's frustration faded. Part of it. Abernathy drew himself up and adjusted his robes, then looked Lucian up and down slowly. You have a pent-up look about you, my prince. Shall we go to the gymnasium? A few rounds in the ring would do you some good. That sounded very appealing, actually. But recreation, even strenuous as the ring would be, did not seem like the proper thing to do right then. He shook his head. No, I must... Uh, must what? It was not as though he had any part to play personally in the investigation. The head of security would see to it, and Lucian was self-aware enough to know he would just get in the man's way if he tried to participate. All the same, he could not go. Not now. Abernathy seemed to understand. He smiled gently and, reaching out, gave Lucian's shoulder a soft squeeze. Then he turned and headed for the door, leaving the prince alone with his stricken father. Well, shoot. Political and legal reality strike again. <laughs> Apparently, even if you're the crown prince of the great big multi-system galactic empire, you can't just throw anybody in prison on a whim. <laughs> because there's this little thing called ambassadorial status. And this other little thing called, hey, proving that the person did what you accused them of, which you know, appears that the Karathi Empire at least retained a little bit of the latter. Which actually makes sense, because, you know, even if you're the Tin Horn Despot, you kind of need your people, so you don't want to just throw every jackass who gets accused of anything in prison, right? I mean, the... Yeah, that would you'd be left with nobody else. I mean, you want to you want to throw in everyone in prison who possible you can who opposes you, but not everybody in prison who got accused of any little piddly little thing, right? I mean, there's a big difference there. I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. So yeah, well, I guess we'll have to figure out. We'll see. Wait and see what Lucian did. It'll be about a week.
unless you buy the book. Book's available on ebook and Amazon, and it will be everywhere else soon enough. Uh, print book can get everywhere, audiobook, everywhere you can find audiobooks. And of course, you can go to my website and send me an email. And if you really like me, go to Patreon, become a patron, and send me money on a monthly basis because, hey, can you resist this awesome guy? Or <laughs> the no, let's be honest. Yes, you can. But do you like the stories I tell? If you do, eh, help a brother out. Eh, but even if you don't want to do that, come back next time and we'll uh, continue on with the story. Anyway, love you a long time. Don't do anything I wouldn't do, even if you can't figure out exactly what that is. That'll do it for this episode of Storytime with Michael Kingswood. Come by my website, michaelkingswood.com, for information about my work. There you can sign up for a newsletter where I tell about new releases and special promotions. Guaranteed to be spam-free. Or just drop me an email at michael at michaelkingswood.com, and I look forward to hearing from you. If you really like my stuff and feel like giving me a buck, drop by Patreon and sign up to be a patron. As always, if you like today's story, be sure to leave a review on your favorite online bookstore and share this podcast with all your friends. This production is copyrighted Michael Kingswood. Intro and outro music copyright Jean Paul Zogby, licensed through stockmusic.net. All rights reserved.